Welcome to The Geek in Review, a podcast focused on innovative and creative ideas in the legal industry. I'm Marlene Gabauer. And I'm Greg Lambert. So, Marlene, I'm really excited. We have a surprise (laughs) for everybody. Yes. So, brand new logo for The Geek in Review. And I want to thank Juan out of Austin, who goes by Chango ATX. Thank you, Juan. It's great. Yeah. So we've we've had some fun with, with the logo. So we'd like to hear what you think about it as well. Absolutely, absolutely. We're getting some good we're getting some good feedback yeah. when we posted it. So uh, I'm pleased because it was a really uh, fun process and I think it's a really fun logo. Yeah, yeah. It uh, definitely puts the geek in the geek in review. So <laughs> that's right. Super super geek. So uh, yeah, so Super been having geek. fun with that. Uh, this week we have Molly Nichols from Redgrave Data. She talks to us about her move over from Hogan Lovell's earlier this year after winning the Financial Times Award for Most Innovative Law Firm. And she moved over to actually what was her old law firm. That's right. A new business spinoff called Redgrave Data, which is a completely separate business entity from Redgrave LLP, where she once was a partner. Yeah, so in this new role, she can work with many clients mm-hmm. instead of just uh, one firm's clients. Right. So we talk about the scope of data and how she views data in law firms and legal departments as a unique and valuable resource that needs unique and valuable insights that her team brings to her clients through visualization and analysis. It was a great discussion, so I hope everyone enjoys it as much as we did. We'd like to welcome Molly Nichols, co-founder and CEO at Redgrave Data. Molly, thanks for taking the time to join us here at The Geek and Review. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for having me, Greg. Uh, Molly, we're a couple of data geeks ourselves, so would you mind giving us a little background on the mission there at Redgrave Data and especially the idea that that Redgrave LLP, the, the law firm, reached out to you to create this offshoot that is Redgrave Data? What was the inspiration of getting you and your team over from Hogan Lovells and starting the business? Uh, well, thank you, Marlene. Uh, so there's a lot to unpack there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's a big question. So, I wrote that question. Yeah. <laughs> so I uh, was a partner at Redgrave LLP uh, a few years ago, and I left in 2016 to focus more on the data side of the business. At the time, I was a partner at, uh, we just call it LLP, since Redgrave is the same in both companies. So when I was at LLP, it was just practicing law. There was no data component. They didn't host data. They didn't, you know, have the types of capabilities that a service provider would have. They were strictly a law firm. So I left, and uh, I ended up going back to big law. When I was at Hogan Lovells, I had the opportunity to build a global team to deal with issues um, about client data that were unique and that uh, I was given full reign to pretty much do what I wanted that was best for our clients, best for the practice, easiest for the lawyers to be able to use the tools to benefit clients, and it was a fabulous experience. And while I was doing that, I built a team that was my dream team. I've been in this business a long time, and I've been practicing law for a long time. I had an aha moment 
at about the turn of the century, so it was about 1999, 2000, I was a special assistant to the Texas Attorney General. And he was doing an investigation. Uh, it was a consumer protection matter. It was uh, investigating pharmaceutical companies. All of the documents at that time were produced in an electronic format. Well, in the year 2000, the tools were not like they are today. And so we had, I think, uh, we had summation in-house at that point in time, but it couldn't handle the volume of data that we had um, and the type of data that we had. So I did some research and I found an analytics tool. This analytics tool was, I've never seen anything like it. So I ended up feeding all the data into this tool, but I drafted a dummy document. It was, I don't think we call them dummy documents anymore, but if I could find a smoking gun document, yeah, this is what I wanted to find. And it was literally three or four sentences. It was a paragraph. It wasn't a true document. I fed it into the analytics engine and it started ranking the documents on how close they were to what I drafted. And the documents we found in that data set were amazing. So we found one smoking gun after another by using this analytics tool. It was that moment in time that I realized how powerful technology was in the practice of law. The hardest thing lawyers have to do is to distill all this information and find what they need, that most important information, so that they can advise a client and they can develop an appropriate legal strategy. To me, that was my aha moment. It's like, this is it. This is what I need in order to do my job. So what happened after that? Well, we went through a period of time. You may or may not remember that this, but you know, we'd have email, we print out email, and then we would scan, uh, scan it back into an electronic form and then OCR it so that we could search it. And then we did coding. I mean, it was such a, a bad process. I fought through that time and I kept saying technology is helpful to lawyers. It's not this thing that we unfortunately got in this weird circular you know, process. So jumping back to today, that was my aha moment. And I wanted to make a difference in the industry with using technology and law. I had that opportunity at Hogan Levels. I assembled an amazing team. It was this time last year that we ended up, well, Hogan Levels won the Financial Times Award for the most innovative law firm for the business of law. And it was based on a submission from my group. Um, we were doing just things that I've never seen done in, within a law firm before. And uh, so we won that award. Uh, I was named one of the top five innovative change makers in North America. And we were nominated for another analytics um, award as well. So we were riding pretty high this time last year, and uh, Jonathan Redgrave called me 
So, Marlene, you didn't think I was going to circle back to your question. But... <laughs> no, I knew you were getting there. I knew you were getting there. <laughs> this, so, is, this is a great setup. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Jonathan called me and he said, hey, why don't you come back to the Red Grave Fold and set up a company that is basically what you're doing at Hogan Levels? but do it for all clients, not just Hogan level clients. And it was that opportunity that I said, absolutely, I'm going to do it. So I was lucky enough to uh, bring some members of my team from Hogan with me, but then also adding Dave Lewis, who was the chief data scientist at Brainspace. He uh, came over and as our chief data scientific um, officer, we assembled this amazing team. Now we are able to service all clients. Yeah. So it's not just Hogan Levels clients and it's not just Redgrave LLP clients. So we're a separate entity, a total separate entity. We're an LLC um, and we're um, open for business to you know meet our clients' needs. Our clients are law firms and uh, large organizations. Tech giants seem to find us. We help them with all sorts of issues. But, you know, the, the mission of what Redgrave Data is to, to be that technology that assists in the practice of law in a meaningful way. It's not a one-size-fits-all type of proposition, which we see at a lot of service providers. They get the client data, they have a process, and it's just crammed through that process. That's not what we do. It's so individual, it's custom, whether it's putting together commercial tools that are currently available, or we're building our own tools. We have a lot of custom tools, or it's stacking tools, commercial tools together and maybe writing some glue code or something like that to put them together. But, you know, we tailor our services to the actual needs of the client. Yeah. So you, you launched Redgrave Data earlier this year. And like you said, you brought over, you brought over your team. You had created the stream team at, at Hogan Levels, but you also brought in people like Scott Culbertson as your chief strategy officer. You had mentioned Dave Lewis from the Brainspace. You also brought in Mark Knoll and Lindsay Worth that you worked with at Hogan Levels. Oh, yeah. Just kind of talk us through what life has been like and what your experience has been like since you've you've launched this. And and I'd like to know, is this something that a firm the size of Redgrave gives you more flexibility to do things like this versus a, a big law firm? Can a big law firm create an offshoot like this as well? Well, I think we had that offshoot at um, Hogan Levels, except we only serviced Hogan Levels clients. Uh, so here we're able to service anyone. It doesn't have to be Redgrave LLP clients. We're just associated with them. You know, we're totally separate LLC, separate company. The law firm has a small ownership interest in, in our company. But other than that, we don't have any other type of integration. Okay. So when we launched this year, yes, I had my dream team and, you know, other people in the industry, uh, like Scott Culbertson, I had worked with him for years on 
modeling, uh, you know, looking at different pricing uh, ways to price uh, services. And he was instrumental in some of the things that I did at, at Hogan Level. So I turned to him for, you know, that piece of the business. So we knew we had a great concept. We're all very, very passionate about what we do. We love what we do. We have a good time. But we did wonder, you know, okay, we're going to put out our shingle. What's going to happen? You know, are we going to get any business? Or are we going to stand there and say, oh, we, we, we've been doing this a long time. Yeah. <laughs> you should come. But are they going to come? Put up a sign and say, you know, come, come <laughs> use us. I'm an expert. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, come here. And so we really didn't know. Yeah, so it was a little scary. I mean, those of us who came from very comfortable jobs, uh, you know, this was the new frontier. But for some of us who are kind of at the twilight of our career, I'll put it that way, uh, Dave Lewis and I are about about the same. It's we want to hit a home run and we want to go out with a bang. And we felt this was our opportunity. And in fact, it happened. So we launched at the end of January uh, of 2022. By March, we had two of the uh, uh, big tech giants <laughs> mm -hmm. um, who had engaged us to do some really fascinating work. The kind of work that we are looking for, the kind you know that's in our sweet spot that we're like the red Adair, if you know firefighting of, of uh, you know, in this area, if you have a complex problem and it's on fire and you need help immediately, call Redgrave Data because they'll get you out of it. And um, so that's how, that's actually what happened. We got calls, we got involved in some really big projects. One of the nice projects, one of the first ones that, that we had uh, actually came from a former partner at uh, um, Hogan Levels, he had gone to an another law firm, and when he heard we were out on our own, he gave us a call, uh, and it was one of our first clients. And so there have been some surprises, things we didn't anticipate. Uh, we were really heavy to begin with on our consulting, but now we're, we're leading more on the tech building side, so we're building all sorts of things right now. Uh, we did some building um, up front, but we're building a lot right now. And that's the fun part, I think, when you can offer something that doesn't exist and it is unique and tailored to what a client needs. There's a lot of satisfaction there. What are the common scenarios where you see there where companies seek the expert assistance of Redgrave data? Like, what are the benefits of, of that you can share uh, or that you share with clients when they're considering their business goals? And what do you tell them can be avoided in doing so? Yeah. So, again, Marlene, you asked these with the, that are, have a lot to unpack. We'll do one, uh, at, a, we'll do one at a time. So, like, what, like, I know. It's like, I, I always like, okay, what was that part of the question? So, what are, what are some of the common scenarios where companies seek that? that expert assistance? Like where, why are, when are they coming to you? Yeah. So it's for complex data issues in a legal matter, or they want to do something, but it's too expensive to do it the way that is normally done. You know, we may automate a process or 
Uh, we may provide a data visualization that would allow attorneys to understand what they were looking at to give advice. To give you some specific examples, I told you that former partner Hogan Levels gave us a call. Well, we had built a bot for him at Hogan Levels, and uh, he wanted us to do something similar. Uh, we built it differently, though. We, we didn't use the same kind of technology. We were more cloud-based for this one. So he needed regulatory filings. He needed those collected from the regulatory websites. They're public documents. He was having lawyers go on the site and downloading these documents and all the metadata surrounding them. And he was having them do this every day. And it was costing the client thousands of dollars a day. So what we did with that is we automated that process, built a scraper, a, a bot to go in and pull down those documents. And then we put it in a traditional type of review tool so that lawyers can do their comments, do codes or categorization or whatever they want to do there. And we do this every night. So what was costing the client thousands of dollars a day now costs $3 a day. Yeah. So, so, you know, there's an upfront cost, but you know, they make that up. The return on investment is really quick, especially when they were charging thousands of dollars a day for lawyers to do that. But, you know, we're doing almost a, a thousand URLs a night yeah. um, to, to pull down this information and it's worth it to the client. They had a situation they wanted to automate, make it cheaper and make the client happy. And so we worked with this law firm to do it. Yeah. So it sounds like yeah, you know, they come to you for creative solutions when they have a data problem. Exactly. So what do you see are the benefits of doing that? Not only just the benefits, but what are they avoiding in actually taking advantage of that? They're avoiding wasting money. They're avoiding making decisions uh, without all the information they need. Legal, legal departments are typically seen as this black hole for money. You know, so you have a litigation and you just throw all your resources at it and just hope you get through it in one piece. That's how it's always been viewed. Law firms and their clients are getting more savvy about dealing with the business and understanding it is a business, understanding that the business uses sophisticated tools. Um, the, uh, Lawyers haven't always used sophisticated tools, but the businesses are, and that's important that their lawyers use the same types of tools they have in their business. And also by using these tools, the tools are able to provide information that allow for strategic decision-making. This is very important if you go into these matters and you really don't have all the information, then how are you going to adequately represent your client? without spending a lot of money, you need to get those documents and look at everything. And you might not see relationships between conversations and documents like you would in an electronic means. So it's really just taking the law practice and incorporating practices that businesses 
do in their day-to-day business. They've got legal operations people now, yeah. um, so they do want to manage the spend. There are legal project managers in law firms now that assist with that process. You know, all of this is about the business and their goals, but rather than being viewed as a black hole, they can be a partner in the business and understand the stresses and strains of the business. Yeah, I think one of the things that the reason that I think legal departments have been viewed in the past as a as a black hole as a as a overhead is that these departments tend to be reactive rather than proactive and it could be as simple as leveraging the fact that you have compliance issues that you have to stay up on top of. Also, again, you're talking about more legal ops teams working within the legal departments, that it's not well, just, well. you know, taking that call from the sales guy saying, I screwed up, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm going to need your help. But rather, it's it's constantly staying involved in the strategy of the, the business. And one of the things that, that we've learned over the past 20 years is that, you know, data is the, the, you know, the new gold mine. It's, it's the, you know, what is it? Data is the new oil. Um, and yeah. legal has a, has a significant piece of that. Um, and I imagine that there are some people that know that but would reach out to someone like you to help kind of guide them through that process of understanding how to set up the data. What is it that you kind of advise when it comes to the data? What's important? And I want to I want to tag that onto another question here, but I'll let, give you a chance to to process that one first. Well, what's important is what they're trying to achieve. You know, there are a lot of ways that you can approach a project. And so we need to understand what the legal needs are and uh, what the business goals are in order to craft the right solution. So the one I described to you that was uh, the bot that was pulling down the um, filings, there was a business goal there. And the business goal was to save money. They really needed the information, but it was really expensive. So how could we take that pain point away? We do that also in you know litigation. We want to see what they need to achieve, what is their goal, and how can we best do that in a way that we can validate. If we need to, we can testify about, but we ultimately save money, like reusing lawyer coding decisions is something that Dave Lewis is an expert. He's published scientific articles on it. He is the guy. And he has gone into some litigation uh, this year and he's made these models. So he's reusing work product from with the same client from one service provider with a proprietary tool to another service provider that has relativity. So to make a model like that, there's, I'm not a scientist, so I'm not going to go into those details, but you know, it it takes that level of expertise to be able to validate that what you've done is you reuse that, that work product and save the client, the lawyer time, the technical time, you know, it's very satisfying. And it's nice that you're not 
they're you're not their law firm. You're the data. Right. How how would you describe that? Are you the data analyst? Are you the, the how how what's your pitch uh, for that? <laughs> well, our tagline is "Data Done Differently." Right. So, you know, alliteration. I love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, uh, um, we go in and and solve the most complex uh, data issues in these legal matters and. You know, it really depends. It's not all litigation, and it's yeah. it's regulatory, and it's investigations. It's all sorts of things. So, yeah. Well, that ties in. I I was listening to your interview that you did earlier this year with Tom Fox, and you said something that really caught my attention, and that was the fact that you don't look at the data as just a commodity. And I know you've been dealing with you know legal regulatory and business aspects of, of data since the 90s and so I, I really wanted to kind of flesh that out a little bit and and so ask you why it is that your perspective is that you don't look at data as just a commodity and how do you go about your approach on analyzing it and processing and, and evaluating the data of your clients so shout out to Tom Fox there, my fellow Longhorn of uh, Hook of Borns. Uh, Greg, I understand you <laughs> yeah. went to OU Law School, so I'm yeah. sorry about that. We won't, we won't talk in. about the game this year. Yeah, okay. <laughs> there, there you go. Data is where the most important information is, and you need to figure out how to use that data to pull that information that is most important out so that the lawyers can make a legal strategy, can talk with a client about the risks involved, uh, can talk about uh, specific facts and their relationships that they see within the data. So if it's viewed as a commodity, then it's kind of that one size fits all, but we see it as that gold mine of information and that information is important for decision-making. It's just like running a business, the data that is so important, the, the metrics that you're collecting, you know, just all that information in order to make your decisions. That's why data visualizations are very important to us. Uh, lawyers tend to react really well to them. So if you're taking structured data and you are uh, putting it in a fashion that shows charts and graphs or a heat map, um, you know, that's the type of thing that we really enjoy doing. Um, because it's a meaningful way to present the data. Um, there was one matter that we had uh, where we had the sales uh, of a product, but then we went ahead and um, layered some geolocation data on top of it. So we were able to develop a heat map, and then we were able to see what our client share of that particular product was in the market. and very helpful for the lawyers then to make their legal arguments, um, their legal strategy. So, you know, it's pulling that information out. One of the things I noticed is that you guys are going, you're, you're going into Europe now, right? You, you're doing business deals in Europe. Is that? Uh, we are. So our clients are global. Okay. And um, some of our clients uh, require that we have a presence uh, where they are. Um, so we are currently setting up a GmbH in, in Germany that hopefully will will be set up by the end of the year, but it might be uh, January. And then we're also setting up um, 
uh, a UK corporation, and that one's about done. So, okay. what, uh, does that? I, I know there are different regulatory uh, aspects of Europe and the UK. How does that affect you going forward? Because I mean, you're just now you're not even a year old company, and you're already expanding internationally. Is that how's that uh, affecting the company and this growth? Um, so that was a part of our path. Uh, we knew what kind of clients we were going to attract, and they weren't going to be within the U.S. borders. They were going to expand. So we were going to need to come up with solutions that deal with the cross-border issues. And we use a lot of cloud services. Um, so we're able to containerize our applications that we build and put them into um, an AWS environment and we can spin it up anywhere in the world uh, that that we we need to. Um, so, you know, at that point, we can work on the data minim minimization and all of those things that are important from a data protection standpoint and moving data across border. So we can keep the, the data where it, it, it sits. Uh, so we use a lot of cloud uh, computing resources uh, because of that. In light of that, what role does data privacy play in Redgrave Data's work? And how do you ensure compliance with new privacy legislation? And that would be, again, both here and you know in Europe where the standards are, are higher. First, I will say we are not a law firm and we do not practice law. <laughs> but these, these that, that's issues That's a good are, thing to, uh, to fall back on, isn't it? That's, that's a good first, an first answer. <laughs> I love it. And I, we understand that there are challenges in different places around the world or even in the U.S., and we need to understand what those challenges are. And we build a process, a workflow that will um, deal with those legal challenges. And um, so that's why we have the option, you know, to host data um, anywhere in the world, you know, where the, the data is located is really important. Um, and then we have other processes that we can use to ensure that you know, if we need to, to anonymize documents or whatever it is we need to do, we incorporate that into the process. We talk a lot about data visualization and tools like Power BI and, and the Power Automate suite that allow clients to gather, distill, and present data in a meaningful way. And one thing I saw that was actually pretty interesting is, is now you can actually, there's something you can overlay where you can ask a question, a specific question based on the data that you're seeing in the visuals, either verbally or just typing it in, and it'll kind of focus on that. So uh -huh. how do these tools, you know, either affect data that, that the company maintains or uses or how they use it? And how does that change your approach to, to data and the work product of your clients? So like, how does it change what they're doing? And then as an effect, how does it change what you're doing? Well, from our standpoint, it's just another tool in the toolkit. If a client needs to use a tool where they are able to query it in a way that would not be your standard way where you need to find out a sentiment, you know, to do a sentiment analysis, there are tools out there that we can do that, even in the cloud. So we have found that there are tools that are not necessarily used for legal that are cheaper, 
they're better, they're faster than what we find in the legal space. I'm shocked. And so we're shocked. shocked. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> That's insane. Why you felt that? But yeah, right. We we do look for all types of tools, and they're all just tools um, in the tool belt. You know, what, what we have found that clients are really looking for on the data visualizations, they want to be able to understand these this large amount of data and compare it to others. To give you an example of what we found as a big challenge with our, our corporate clients, they'll hire a bunch of e-discovery providers and they'll be their preferred network two, three, four, five, however many, but they don't have a way to measure how their performance, how well are they actually doing? And so one of the things we've got a, a big client right now that um, has us doing that very thing. We are doing um, onboarding of their preferred providers, and then we're uh, providing a dashboard data visualization to pull consistent types of KPIs uh, from each service provider so that they can compare them from a performance perspective and all the KPIs that matter to this specific client. You know, getting that digital visualization and then being able to use it to look at all of their providers to say, oh, this one's not doing this. And it shows on the bottom line that they didn't use analytics here or you know, they didn't even use email threading and this one saved us 30% when they did, you know? So it's whatever the client decides on what they want to measure, but those are ways that clients are finding are valuable to them from a business perspective um, so that they can meet their business goals. Well, Molly, we got to the point in the interview now where we ask everyone our crystal ball question. So uh, we're go going to hit you up with it as well. What changes or challenges do you see on the horizon for the legal industry in the next two to five years? So in some respects, it's not going to change. You're still going to have lawyers who know that there there's technology out there that exists that can help them but they'll either not understand what it is or what it does, and they won't use it. And then there are judges who are out there that are not sophisticated on the technology and lawyers come in and they use the technology in the appropriate way and the judge doesn't understand or won't accept. I think those are givens and that we'll still continue to see. What we will see though is that AI will make a real impact. You know, when it started, it was AI was smoke and mirrors. It's like, what are we doing now that we can call AI? <laughs> it's so much more now, and we're going to see it being used in a way that's going to impact our clients and the legal matters. You know, the volumes of data continue to grow. I mean, exponentially. We couldn't even fathom this five years ago. The disparate data sources that we have to find the relationships between uh, that uh, to do that type of analysis, we need very sophisticated tools. So it's it's going to be a big challenge because of the volume, the complexity, you know, where the data sits. You know, we've got data in a company everywhere. How do you get it in a way to be able to use it meaningfully? 
I think uh, AI will have that big impact. Well, it sounds like we have our work cut out for us still. (laughs) (laughs) So Molly Nichols, co-founder and CEO at Redgrave Data, thank you so much for talking with us today. Yeah, thanks. Well, thank you, Greg and Marlene, for having me. It was great having Molly on the show. And again, one of the things I really enjoyed about the conversation was the fact that, you know, she does look at data as being not a commodity, that you can't just take anybody's data, send it through the same process and expect to have you know, valuable insights uh, uh, on the other end. Of different it. clients have different needs. Yeah, and yeah. The other thing I, I liked is that she's using competitive intelligence, you know, looking at the client's businesses, um, not just their legal problems, but she's sort of looking at their business in order to, to give insights. And that's something that I don't know that every, every firm is doing. The other thing I like is she's really bold about saying, you know, AI is going to be on the forefront for the, for the future. I'm like, well done. Yeah. yeah. We'll see in a year. Well, and I, I agree. I think, uh, she hit some really good points on her predictions and that you're still going to run into lawyers and judges that are not going to move the ball forward very far, Mm -hmm. but I think they're going to be, you know, they're not going to be the majority anymore. I think people are seeing, the value of some of these automated processes, some of these AI tools uh, that are out there that, you know, I, it's, it's just going to be the norm going forward. And, and to fight that is going to be a losing battle. Mm-hmm. Well, I have some healthy skepticism there, but I do hope she's right. Yeah, me too. So thanks again to Molly Nichols from Redgrave Data for coming in and talking to us and and talking data. We love data. Mm -hmm, We do. And of course, thanks to all of you for taking the time to listen to the Geek and Review podcast. If you enjoyed the show, share it with a colleague. We'd love to hear from you, so reach out to us on social media. I can be found at M on Twitter. And I can be reached at Glambert on Twitter. Or you can leave us a voicemail on the Geek and Review hotline at 713- 487-7821. And as always, the music you hear is from Jerry David DeSica. Thank you, Jerry. Thanks, Jerry. All right, Marlene, uh, we'll see you later. Okay, bye.